Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Process Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today. I'd like to share with you a short excerpt and teaching from one of my favorite Bible teachers. Some of you may know him already. David Pawson was his name. He was an evangelical minister, writer, and prominent Bible teacher based in the United Kingdom. David Pawson's ancestors were all farmers, and many were Methodist preachers, dating back to John Pawson, who was a friend and follower of John Wesley himself. From his childhood in the north of England, David Pawson had wanted to be a farmer, but by the time he'd completed his studies for a Bachelor of Science degree in Agriculture at Durham University, he felt that God was calling him into a life of full-time Christian ministry. Then, after further study at Wesley House, a Methodist Theological College in Cambridge, he joined the Royal Air Force as a chaplain. After leaving the Royal Air Force, he served as a Methodist minister, but he became increasingly uncomfortable with the idea of infant baptism. After appearing before a doctrinal committee of the Methodist Church, he volunteered to leave the denomination and did so. Shortly thereafter, he accepted an invitation to become the pastor of Gold Hill Baptist Church in Buckinghamshire. Later, as pastor of Guildford Baptist Church, he established a reputation among both evangelicals and charismatics as a Bible teacher. From here, his teaching tapes, originally made for the church's sick and elderly members, became popular worldwide. And under his ministry, the Guildford Baptist Church, known as Millmead, became one of the largest Baptist churches in the United Kingdom. David Pawson left Millmead in 1979 and engaged in an itinerant worldwide Bible teaching ministry, predominantly through seminars for church leaders in Asia, Australia, Africa, England, Europe and the United States. Millions of copies of his teachings have been distributed in more than 120 countries. He was a writer and speaker with a reputation of urgency, clarity and faithfulness of the scriptures. His overviews of the books of the Bible have been published and recorded in Unlocking the Bible, which is a, an excellent series which I strongly recommend that you search on, on YouTube. There are numerous videos in relation to that series. Pawson died on the 21st of May 2020 at the ripe old age of 90. And this leads me on to the topic of today's podcast. My question to you is, what is the difference between an evangelical and a charismatic? You know, in today's quote-unquote Christian world, they seem to be poles apart. Those in evangelical circles point fingers sharply at those quote-unquote crazy charismatics, and those crazy charismatics point fingers in the other direction at those sour-faced, glum-looking evangelicals. The term charismatic usually refers to someone who believes in and practices what will be called the charismatic gifts as spoken about in the scriptures. Usually this would mean speaking in tongues along with prophecy, the interpretation of those tongues and sometimes other gifts such as the word of knowledge. Non-charismatics believe that these particular spiritual gifts existed in the New Testament times as sign gifts, but they have now become extinct. Charismatics and non-charismatics would usually agree that the other spiritual gifts such as teaching, giving, administration, helping are gifts that still exist in the church today. There's also usually a certain style of worship among charismatics, which is more energized and which expresses more emotion. It seems to me that over the past 30 to 40 years, some practices and styles of worship that used to be practiced only by charismatics 
such as raising of hands in worship, has actually now been embraced by a larger group of Christians, including those who consider themselves to be non-charismatic. The term evangelical may refer to a charismatic Christian or non-charismatic Christian church. Essentially, an evangelical is understood, by Christians at least, as a person who holds to the doctrines that separate Christianity from just being mere religion. Doctrines such as the virgin birth, the full deity and humanity of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for sinners, his resurrection. In essence, we'd say that evangelicals believe to and hold the Bible, but that's not to say that charismatics don't believe in the Bible also. Evangelicals believe that all men are sinners deserving of God's eternal wrath and that the only means of salvation is the death of Jesus Christ in their place. Now listen closely as David Pawson speaks about these two groups and I hope that you'll be encouraged by what he has to say. I used to go and get my hair cut by a Sicilian called Chris. And we had lots of discussions and arguments. And one day, as he was cutting my hair, he'd reached that point there. He said, I'm as good as anyone who goes to your church. Uh, and uh, so I said, uh, well, Chris, that might be true. You'd have to know the people who come to our church to know that it's true, but uh, it could be true. But I said, that wouldn't make any difference. You still need what we've got. And he said, why? I said, well, tell me this, Chris. Are you as good as Jesus? And he said, yes. Well, that ended the conversation. Uh, there was nothing in my book on witnessing that told me where to go next. Because he was supposed to say no, but he said yes. So I was quiet. And he worked his way around the back and he got to there. I can remember it vividly as that. And he got to there and then he said, well, perhaps not quite. And then he began to climb down. He'd been making a false comparison. And I could take some pretty bad people inside the church and some pretty good people outside the church and make a false comparison. See, whenever you compare yourself with somebody else, that's a false comparison. You see, what we need to compare is what that bad person inside the church would have been if they hadn't been inside the church, that would have been much worse, and what that good person outside the church would be if they were inside, they'd be much better. Do you see? The comparison is with ourselves as we could be and as we should be. Similarly, people are quite prone to take bad charismatics and compare them to good evangelicals, or vice versa. And people come to me, and indeed I've been asked already today, well, what about this great evangelical Christian who wasn't charismatic? Where do they stand? See, we, we, we make these false comparisons. I want to show you the right comparison to make. Here's a little diagram which I found helps a lot of people. Here are a series of concentric circles at the base which stand for the breadth of our experience. And on those bases we build pillars of the church, the Bible calls us. That's the height of our experience, our growth. Now some people operate with quite a small base. They have not experienced yet baptism in the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit. But on the small base they have, they've grown very tall. And I know some evangelicals like this, they are very mature. 
They're very devout Christians. They're very good Christians. Though they've built their maturity on a narrower base. Do you follow me? There are others who've got a broader base, who've been baptized in the Spirit. But they may not have matured as much as that person on the narrow base. And similarly, the people who are exercising gifts may just have got up to here in their growth and be a pillar that's wide but very short. You're getting the whole of the picture? Now then, this person in this wide low pillar should actually look up to that person who's been building on a narrower base and respect them. Not look down on them. But it's so easy for somebody who's got a broad base to their experience to say, oh, that person's lacking something. And they may have grown far more in the Lord and been more obedient and devoted to the Lord than this person. The comparison, however, is not between these people. What God wants is the broadest base and the highest pillar. He wants us all to have gifts and fruit. And people say to me, which would you rather be in, a church full of gifts or a church full of fruit? Well, there's no choice in that. I mean, a church full of gifts without fruit is a dreadful place to be and will soon split up. But a church with fruit but not gifts is likewise not a very exciting place to be for a start. Let me bring it right home. Let's take a very mature person who's grown in the Lord and is exhibiting fruit but not gifts. They go to visit a sick person in a hospital and they demonstrate all the fruit of the Spirit in that visit. They demonstrate love by visiting them, joy by cheering them up, peace by calming them down, patience by listening to all the details of their operation, kindness by giving them a bunch of grapes, goodness by offering to look after the children, faithfulness by visiting them every day, meekness by leaving when the nurse says visiting hours are over, and self-control by not eating the grapes. <laughs> now, they have actually demonstrated all the fruit of the Spirit and left the person sick because healing is a gift, not the fruit. So, you see, we need both. Love can offer sympathy, but it sometimes finds itself helpless in a situation because the situation requires a gift. We need both. And the ideal is that we all be pillars in the church with as broad a base as possible and as much height as possible. That's what we're after. But what we often find is very tall evangelicals, mature evangelicals on a narrow base of faith, and immature charismatics on a much broader base. What we need is both. Big pillars, wide and tall. That, I believe, is the answer. But the point I'm making is that a charismatic here should respect and look up to here, not despise that person. They have gone a long way with what they had and have matured in the Lord through doing so. You follow that? It's an important comparison because sometimes you find the leaders of the church are up here and the members are out here. There's tension between the two. Ideally, both leaders and members need both gifts and fruit. Which brings me to the close of this series of talks. If we're really going to have unity, then frankly, charismatics need evangelicals, and evangelicals need charismatics. 
Now, of course, what I'm saying is that evangelicals need what charismatics have got and charismatics need what evangelicals have got. But the question is, are they going to get those extra dimensions separately or together? I hope they'll get them together. And that instead of each stream saying, well, we want what the other's got and we'll get it separately, it would be lovely if each stream went to the other and says, said, we need you. We need not only what you've got, but we need you to be one church that is like the New Testament church. Mm -hmm.